0: Hello and welcome to Behind the Scaffolding, a podcast where we talk to writing teachers about the hows and whys of what we do in the classroom, coming to you from the University of Michigan. I'm Angie
1: Berkeley. And I'm Gina Brandolino. And we're happy to have you with us for this, our inaugural episode. Our topic this time is about beginnings, transitioning from a break to teaching and setting the tone in our classrooms for our students and for ourselves. And it's an appropriate topic given that this is our first episode and also given the
0: time of year as we're all in the midst of heading back to the classroom after break. For this episode on Big Firsts, we sat down with a fantastic teacher, the one and only Tricia Cleef. Tricia hails from New Hampshire and has an MFA in creative writing from the Helen Zell Writers Program. She's been teaching writing here at the U of M since 2012. When we asked Tricia to sum up her teaching philosophy in a sentence... She said that she always tells her students that, quote, good writing stems in part from asking the right questions about your work and about the world at large. You know, I love that.
1: And I have to say, I was happy for a chance to sit down with Tricia. She teaches a version of English 124, Writing and Literature, that's about music. And I've long admired that class from afar. I see her prompts when her students come to the Sweetland Center for Writing, help with their papers, and they're always fantastic. They're inventive and fun, but also laser-focused on the analytical and
0: rhetorical skills that freshmen really need to learn. I could not agree more, Gina. My office in the English department writing program used to be down the hall from Trisha's, and so I'd often catch bits and pieces of her conversations with students when I passed by, and they always made me think, that's a lucky student. And her students, I think, obviously agree. Trisha is the English Department Writing Program's most recent winner of the Ben Prize, a student-nominated prize for outstanding writing teacher lecturers. She's an especially auspicious choice for our first episode, which is about some big firsts that we all face, sort of paradoxically, over and over again each time we begin a new semester. Hi, Tricia. It's so nice to see you here. It is so great to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you for being our very first guest I on Behind the Scaffolding. I'm honored. Oh, yeah. well, we're honored to have Thank you, you so here. Much. Yeah. We sat down with Trisha at the end of last semester, beginning our conversation with the version of English 125 she's teaching, well, right now. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to be
2: teaching uh, one freshman writing course, so the English uh, 125, which mm-hmm. is sort of just the academic writing, but other types of writing. And the theme is... Um, music and creative acts basically oh, so cool. I kind of expand i started with music but i sort of expanded it out so we could pull in stuff about art literature how we curate our images on social media in that sense it's a creative act um and then i'm teaching two upper level courses on creative nonfiction
0: and memoir oh that's is english so cool. 325 yeah. oh i'm teaching 325 awesome too. Yeah. yeah it's a fun yeah. class yeah. 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 yeah i like it a lot too so, what are you thinking about in terms of resolutions for this new class, right. or for your new classes coming up, or what are you what are you
2: hoping for? Yeah, I mean, I think every semester, probably like all of us, right? I just sort of I go in um, wanting to make sure. I mean, just the basic stuff first, like just am I going to get everyone's names down the first day? Mm-hmm. But obviously, you know, more grandiose than that. Um, I'm just really hoping. Uh, to have a class where I can help and students can help foster an environment where everybody really feels included, at ease, everyone's at least a, somewhat excited about the material, yeah. and to sustain that excitement over the course of the semester. And you know, how do I, how do I tap into, um, you know, doing work that's rigorous for students, but also, you know, at the same time through that <laughs> getting them excited. Um, about it. I
0: think that music and creative acts thing sounds great, though. Oh, thanks. It sounds like it gives them a lot of room to pursue things that they're really interested in. That's
2: the aim. And kind of, you know, as I said, I I originally designed the course a long time ago as as really music based, which I think can encompass a lot. But then I was pulling in readings and other material that really had to do with with other stuff. And I and I felt like some students were intimidated a little by the I said, you don't have to have any background in music. But some still thought, well, I don't know much about this. And we're not writing it's not a music course. Or it's a writing course that uses these things. Sure. Know. But I think, yeah, I think expanding it a little has, I think, brought in uh, a different range of students and, and, and more, I think, has reassured, hopefully, students more than that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I'm just hoping to foster um, an environment that from the first day feels uh focused uh but also energetic and friendly and kind of strikes the balance between all those things
0: mm-hmm. so what do you and do in the first day like yeah. is there anything you do in the first day that helps like make that happen Well, oh, probably you
2: know i think for me especially in these writing classes at any level i think um beyond the sort of nuts and bolts stuff like here's what the course is actually about. Here's what we'll be doing. Um, I really try to focus on um, getting the students to talk to each other, um, getting them all to sort of demystify themselves as they go through. So everybody, it's, it's, you know, it's fairly simple, but I think it, it has helped, right? Everybody kind of introduces themselves, you know, in a preliminary way. And then I kind of ask them questions, you know, to write down about themselves. And then I have them interview each other, you know, often, and then report, on, you know, something, one thing they learned. Uh And it's usually, I usually say when we get to do this, like, pick out a question that's not, what are you going to major in, or what are you majoring in, or, you know, but it's like, what's the strangest food you've ever eaten, what would your superpower be, um, and I said, you know, you don't have to ask those. You can come up with your own. Sometimes they come up with pretty interesting ones, and I can already say, ah, okay, uh-huh. <laughs> that student's gonna be interesting, right? right. Which so it is sounds cool. like it Really like, helps you get
0: to know them. Yeah, too. it's yeah. it's really yeah. for me. But yeah. I think I
2: think if you know if they can feel like it's demystified the first day, and they can feel like you know this is the, the tone is this is a class where we take interest in each other yes. and where what you have to contribute to discussion is important and everyone's playing a role and that's kind of the message that I want to get across. Oh that's so great. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like it taps into the idea of community and yeah. Angie and I have been talking about
1: how like we think about our classrooms as communities. We don't really have to, right? There's right. nothing that says that we have to do that. Right. But we do, yeah. and it seems like with those, with that kind of exercise, you're mm-hmm. trying to build a sense of community. So, can you talk a little about sure. what, why you think we do that? If it's yeah. useful,
2: I think it's interesting that you said, you know, we don't actually have to, um, but I don't think any of us could imagine not trying to do that because yeah. I think I think part of it is simply that these are small discussion-based classes. Um, And you can't go through a semester with people not feeling connected, you know, to each other. I think there's going to be a lot of reserve among students. And I also feel because this is writing um, and because people are putting their thoughts down on the page, um, their ideas, their questions, because they're workshopping each other's work often in our classes, like they need to be able to have a certain amount of respect and empathy and appreciation for each other and not come in or not remain total strangers through the class. And so I feel that it... um, it helps, you know, just the tenor of discussion. It makes it warmer, hopefully. Usually um, students know to be friendlier to each other. My favorite thing is when, you know, I try to sort of set the tone, but when they sort of run with it after mm-hmm. a while. And, you know, and again, every class is, t- this happens to varying degrees, right? Some classes it's, it's you know, much, much you know easier to kind of get into that space, you know, but in every class we try, right? Um, but I think, yeah, I think the community, it makes it easier to actually free up your energy to discuss the material and to discuss making it better and to ask questions about what we're reading what we're writing rather than try to guard yourself all the time
1: i feel like we we all know that classrooms work better than their communities but like you're saying there's often among students especially younger students like the first year students Mm -hmm. that you teach a lot of anxiety about or resistance to um being a part of that community where do you think that comes from
2: you've talked about a lot of things that sort of help build community right.
1: but what are we trying to break
2: through yeah and i and i would also love to hear you know both of your thoughts on this for for me what i've noticed is that especially when we're talking as a group in a class um and this is very human i think a lot of students are afraid of sounding stupid yes. or like not but like not I smart right. mm-hmm. i think and i used to think is it you know, and maybe it is sometimes like I could change something in how I'm approaching, but I said, Is it me? And I'm like, they they seem kinda of wary of each other. Not that they don't trust each other. They're just afraid of not sounding competent. And so I think what I try to do is is just make it a place where this is where we test out, you know, our ideas. This is where actually in kind of missing the mark with something, we learn something else. Like it's not just it's I'm not checking off a list, you got it right, you got it wrong. Um, I think what I try to do and again this is not to say oh it always goes just perfect and it's you know flowers and bunnies Um, but what I try to do you know too is kind of be uh, you know a little more energetic than I would like I mean I try to have high energy in my life but a little bit more (laughs) you know energetic than I would be in certain settings. Um, I try to kind of show that I don't have all the answers or that, you know, I may have some, but there are some that, you know, I need your help. Let's You know, let's get there. And I think, I think that feels really important. I think that's what often students are afraid of. And especially, I think all levels, to be honest, but I think you're absolutely right that the younger ones especially have something to prove when they come. Like I'm in college I better get this right. Right, right. Yeah. Well, and I'm
0: thinking, too, as you're talking about something I hear from students mm-hmm. a lot here at the U of M, which is I was top dog yeah. in my high school, Absolutely. and then I came here, and there are so many smart yeah. people here, and I yeah. feel like I'm not number one anymore. Yeah, and exactly. I think that can feel really intimidating and contributes to this of feeling of, like, oh, no, I don't have anything worthy yeah. to say. Yeah, right.
2: or there's imposters, like serious imposter exactly. syndrome. Exactly, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: I really hear what you're saying about mm-hmm. the energy, too. Right. I feel like – I sometimes feel like I'm this sort of crazy, exaggerated, yeah. energetic oh, version totally. of myself. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. I think that, that students do yeah. Yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, and maybe it even makes them feel a little more at ease because they also see that I'm a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, and that's
2: that's part of my <laughs> aim, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, it like it the, crosses like into goofy. It's right. okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah. I always yeah.
2: feel like the, the first couple –
1: classes of a semester I'm like the clown and and there's sort of a big exaggerated personality that then you get to tone down the more you get into the semester Mm -hmm. but you have to I mean it's sort of like um, I'm, I'm trying to like it's like um, an exaggerated art form, t- to go back right. to art forms, right? right. Like it's some, right. I'm trying to think of what art form is super exaggerated, but it's like big and bold and it's colorful. Like Brechtian play or
0: something. Yeah. Right, right, right. And then you sort of scale back <laughs> after right. that, right? But right. you've sort of
1: established, you know, right. they know you can go there and they, it's sort of a line that they know they can
2: go at least up to. Right. You know? right. right.
0: Right. Like, I don't really feel like I'm like that in my normal life.
2: I mean, so, it's like I'm like that to far lesser degree. Yeah. And sometimes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But it's you
1: in there, right? Like
2: it's definitely cannot be someone else. Because I I don't have the energy for that. Yeah. 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 Right.
0: Right. That I do I have to say though, I do sometimes find that to be a struggle. Yeah. Like sometimes I feel I start to feel a little exhausted (laughs) by the clown. Like by the exaggerated stuff. And I find myself kind of wondering or having to kind of reckon with myself and think, well, what part of me is in there? Right. Like who like yeah. which
2: which And is this usually by about midway through the semester? I think <laughs> so. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure.
0: Um Yeah, I mean and it's also interesting, I also think it's affected by what I'm teaching. Yeah, like sure. for example, like the mm-hmm. three twenty five, mm-hmm. that's closer to the writing that I'm doing now. Right. And so I feel like I'm less of a clown. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm sort of more just mm-hmm. like, this is what we're doing. Not right. that I'm not genuine in talking about 125, right. but it's a little bit, it just feels a little bit further away from me. Push, I think, a little
2: bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, classes.
1: you know, since I brought up the clown, I just
0: want right. to like, <laughs> clarify that
1: the clown is in no way, like, as, as I'm sure you two know, a, sort of like a, a way to run down the teaching persona, right. but rather to recognize that there, there is a moment early on in the semester where you have to get people on board. Yes. And what gets people on board is often, uh, charisma, mm-hmm. entertainment, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. A sort of a direct mm-hmm. engagement that is not subtle.
2: Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Okay. yeah. I think it's an approachability. I mean, I think it's just, yeah, That I'm, you know, I, and I think, I think that balance that you're both talking about in different ways, I think is, is really important because there's also for me and I, don't know if you've experienced there is that line that I do want to make sure is there like um if I'm going to be kind of uh, extra perky and and a little bit absurd um and so on and so forth I still want to make sure that I direct their attention to what they actually need to do yes. in the course because yes. I think that sometimes there's a temptation oh this is so informal I can, you know, I can sit on the floor. I don't really have to, to you know, follow deadlines or whatever. Uh, and you know, and then there's a gentle, yeah, remember you've got to do this. And so I think keeping those things really firm and reiterating those and saying, "Yep, yeah, here it is." Like I, you know, I'll pass out the syllabus even with the sort of the goofiness, you know, and once they've read it, I'll say, "Right, so if you have questions about this, absolutely ask me. That's what I'm here for." But this is the material you have now. You have access to this. You're responsible for right. this information, right? right? right. Um, so stuff like that, because I think for me, it's t- it took a while to kind of strike that balance between being really trying to be open and approachable and a little goofy and actually making sure that students knew, like, that's in an atmosphere we're doing, but it doesn't translate into the expectations for the course. It doesn't change the fact that we expect to be Rigorous in here, right. and, and really do the do the hard work we need to do, right, right? Exactly.
0: And I think actually that that's not so far from making students feel comfortable, and particularly making them feel safe. I think right. having those those boundaries right. and those limits, and letting them know or helping them know right. early on that, th- that there are standards and right. there are limits, yeah. that that can feel very right. comforting in some ways. Yeah. I uh, maybe
1: three years ago I started putting at the bottom of all my syllabi this sort of like. I don't know. It looks like stone tablets, it's like two sets of like, like cardinal <laughs> rules or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. It looks really like, I, it looks kind of imposing. I won't, I won't lie, but it was, uh, on one side is like, uh, you know, turn off your phone. No, really turn yeah. off your phone. Yeah. Don't be late. You know, all those things. Um, and I, I just got tired of all this stuff happening, but on the other yeah. side, the sort of other stone tablet is about, um, class expectations and, I decided to put that on my syllabus because I got to a point where so many students were at the end of the semester or in the middle of the semester being like, I, I, can I redo this paper or, oh, you know, okay. can I do another assignment or can we have a makeup quiz? And I, you know, I wanted to say early on, you have everything that you yeah. need. Yeah. There, You know, there's no, there's nothing else right. that will come Later in this course, right. to right. you know, to I'm not help you, to throw anything at right, you. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and also you don't expect right. more, right? right, and I feel like that is an important. It's yeah. an important rule Absolutely. to set early on. Absolutely. You know? mm-hmm. um, but it's hard to do that
2: while you're also trying to be super fun. Right. right. Well, I think, but I think you're like, here's the contract. Right. Here's the contract. You know, yeah, yeah. hey. Right. Um, you know, and if you, you, can, you can kind of enforce those things yeah. with a smile most of the time, right. hopefully. But yeah. it is, it's, it's a balancing act, I think, every single day that we're in there. You know, I, sure. I feel like yeah. my teaching persona is, like, legit half Eddie
1: Izzard, the British comedian, <laughs> right. and half, uh, like... An instruction manual. Like these are like if you put (laughs) these two. That's a really interesting. I like that. (laughs) Now now you guys, but if you had to do
0: it, kind of nerdy enthusiasm. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, Nerdy sort of, um, but still, I would say, not at all cool. You know, I mean, like sort of professional enthusiasm about things.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Isn't it
1: weird that we? I don't know teachers that I would consider great teachers who I would also describe as cool, right?
2: <laughs> well, I think what, you guys are yeah. cool. Well, <laughs> you guys are very cool. But, <laughs> uh, but is my pedagogy cool?
1: No, nerdy <laughs> professionalism, right? right? Well, right. Yeah.
2: and I actually, yeah, and I actually think that that one has more of a chance of remotely approaching cool if you're not trying to be cool that's yes, <laughs> like, very true hey kids yeah. learning is hip you know <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's like my nightmare right? yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think I think actually I would concur with the sort of the nerdy enthusiasm I think I, I part of and this is an odd connection but part of my um, persona I think comes from I have previous experience I used to be a musician who performed fairly often um, and when I was first starting to do that, I remember observing people like at like open mics and so forth. And I noticed the way that some of them kind of would approach the microphone Mm -hmm. with a whole lot of energy. And if they needed to take a pause for something, they wouldn't get all nervous. They would just take their drink of water and everybody's with them. Um, And so I think, and I just remember the audience's attention kind of being fixed on that. And so that's oddly something I have in my mind too. Like I don't talk like I'm in front of a microphone with the students, but it's more like, I'm going to kind of own this mini stage. And part of that is that nerdy enthusiasm. Yes. Um, And just being like, yeah, okay. And, and, you know, and I think going along with the the nerdiness, which I have in in great supply, um, I don't pretend to sort of know what they listen to for a music. Right. and and, And I think one of the things I try to do is be like, hey, kids, why don't you tell me about, you know... These musicians, or you know, whatever, tell me about these things, and and I think, um, yeah, I, I think me not trying to relate <laughs> yes. actually can sometimes can sometimes work nicely to to sort of I'm still in that role where I'm like the director um but it's less intimidating right hopefully right yeah right yeah I yeah. strike that post sometimes yeah too. <laughs> yeah here's yeah. this
0: thing I right. happened upon right right you guys know more yeah. about this exactly. than I do can you please me tell
2: out. me what <laughs> this is right even yeah. I mean and I never I never lie about it sometimes I you know I know a tiny bit but I'll never yeah I'll never. like if I know a lot about it I won't pretend I don't but right but right. usually
0: I really don't so right. Right. <laughs> yeah It's interesting thinking about nerdy enthusiasm as part of a persona, how much of what you do in the classroom is part of the real you. Mm -hmm. I almost feel like in a way the nerdy enthusiasm is a way for me to express something about myself that I actually don't get to express very often because I don't spend a lot of time nerding out about some novel or short story with you know my husband or my kids or Mm -hmm. or my my Mm -hmm. kids sort of are forced to you know (laughs) listen to whatever I say in a way but um but you know what I'm saying and and, and I have often that's been one of the Mm -hmm. wonderful things about teaching Mm -hmm. I think for me is that I'll be talking to my class talking with my class about something and I will have this feeling of I've never actually said this out loud oh that's cool you know about this thing and it's really cool that I that I am and that I know at least some of them are with me on yeah. it or, or are yeah. interested in it. So yeah. I feel that's like same. that's a
1: thing that maybe new teachers struggle with sometimes. Mm-hmm. I know I struggled with when I was a new teacher was thinking about, like, owning that space. Like, yeah. being like, oh, I can right. say this kind of thing yes. here. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I it sort of goes hand in hand with, and this took me a long time, I'd say 10 or 12 years to figure mm-hmm. out, realizing that, like, there's nobody else in the front of my classroom to inhabit that role. Like, I often would shy away from being the person who was the authority Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. my class, you know, like, sort of, Mm -hmm. I'm not an authority, Mm -hmm. you know, for Mm -hmm. a long time, I was just a graduate student teacher, Mm -hmm. you know, so I didn't really feel like I had... A a great measure of authority, but then I realized it doesn't matter who you are if you're at the front of that classroom, you are the teacher that they have, and they need you to be that. I think, I think so too. I I needed needed that as
2: a student, I needed a little bit of that for sure. Yeah,
1: and mm -hmm. I feel like it's such an important thing, it's such an important realization. But it makes me wonder, but sort of going back to something that we talked about earlier, what exactly. When, when we recognize that, what are we recognizing? Like, what exactly do they need? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. so what can, like, if, if that's, if, if we're giving advice mm-hmm. um, to first-time teachers, say, specifically with this bit of um, conversation, mm-hmm. what is it that the students need us to do when
2: we're in that sort of, per, sort of performative teacher role? I think part of it is honestly, um, you know actually getting the concepts down like I think you know for me part of the balance I'm always trying to strike is allowing enough room for students to come up with their own questions because I think that's important um, and for them to kind of dive in and then but then also say okay let's bring it back to these things I want them to walk out actually with certain really key concepts questions approaches to text right right? yes Um, that that they're you know they're not necessarily going to get you know, otherwise, right? I mean, I think we are there for a reason, right? And, you know, yeah. we've put time in it. So I think I want them, and some of them seem to really want that as well, um, you know, and I think, and so I, I think it's, right. it's really getting that substance that you want to make sure they cover and then at the yeah. same time providing a space, a mediated space, right, where they can test out these ideas. And I think, yeah, yeah and someone to kind of then, come in to that space where they're doing more of the kind of experimental work and and, and direct things if need be. Right? Yeah. yeah, this is yeah. so important, like yeah. thinking that there, that
1: it's not just all sort of a free-for-all mm-hmm. in there right. where you're just going to talk and, yeah. and walk out and know stuff and maybe not yeah. know stuff, but that there is a right. sort of bedrock of information yeah. or a skill set that it's your job to sort of yeah. emphasize yeah. and and make clear this is the material you're supposed to right. learn. But then there's also this
2: space to experiment, as you say. Right. Said. Yeah. I, I think most of them that I've ever seen, and I've heard this from other instructors as well, like don't really love the free for all thing. Right. As, you I know, think know, because right, they're yeah. like, what do we mm-hmm. do? Like, right. what do we? Ta- and even if they did take away, I, but I think, but I think you're right. I think having those two things is like it is a great skill to be able to test out ideas and to experiment. Um, but let's just make sure there is, as you say, a bedrock.
1: Right. Yeah. I
0: think that's a good way to yeah. think about it. Yeah, right. definitely.
1: I feel like this is this makes me think of every time I get reviewed, like every time I get reviewed, the criticism I get is that my prompts are too directive um, and, and that my writing assignments too specifically tell students what to do. Um, and I feel like it's, it's exactly in this area that we're talking right. about right now because, I mean, my prompts are directive, and my prompts are directive for a reason because um, I feel like if you tell students where to look, that doesn't restrict what they can do, right? Right. Um, mm-hmm. It just, it sets parameters right. that
2: allow them to experiment fruitfully. Right. When I first started, I was way too open-ended.
0: I was too, um, I think.
2: because yeah. And that was the education I was used to. Um, and it's maybe a generational thing, you know, compared to the students, but it was just like, yeah, go out and do this, you know? Um, And so I've now been trying to be much more directed, but I think, um, and I'm sure you do this too, just sort of emphasizing, yeah, within this space, you have so much to do, but it's funny because, um, some of the assignments I give, um, are very directed, but like pick a topic within this, you know, but here's what I want you to do. Some of them are still like, here's, here are the principles I want you to, to really make sure are in there of good writing. You know, here's what's going to be effective, but you can pick anything you want. Um, and so science students are like, oh, you know, I'm so excited. We can do anything. And some of them are like, this was so open-ended that I don't know what to do, right? right yeah. And so I think it's it's really um, trying to and just, you know, sometimes works is really emphasize like, okay, here, here are the concepts. Here's what's going to make this an effective piece of writing. Are you using enough evidence or, you know, are you – building an argument based on that are you you know are you asking a question that's complex and that you know can go in these different directions right and and we work on those things in the class and so I think if it's emphasizing like here's what we can cover and here are some avenues to get there right but I think you're right I think it's you know students actually seem to want that direction yeah in a lot of ways and then get loosened up as as they go along yeah I mean I think that's Uh super well said Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about the uh,
1: do you remember George Cooper? Did you know him at all? Not sure. Okay, not. he was a uh, he's a retired Sweetland lecturer. Uh-huh. Did you know? George? No, I didn't know. Him, no. George, so George Cooper, uh, retired Sweetland lecturer, had this. He had a one twenty five class, and this was his prompt. I'm not. I I couldn't make this up. He said, "Walking behind um, Haven Hall, I saw a hawk." Go walk behind Haven Hall and look for the hawk and tell me what you see. Wow. (laughs) And I was like, I don't know if this is open or closed. (laughs) Like (laughs) I was like, I don't I just don't know. I mean, but it struck me as a really genius assignment. Because you're not going to find the hawk. You're not going to find
2: the hawk. And if no. you do, you're like, do I get an A if right. the hawk <laughs> <honk laughs> happens to be there again? <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> it
1: was just the craziest prompt. And what? Well, we'll probably the cut students, this part out. How did the students react <laughs> to that? I would love to hear about <laughs> it. Um, I, I saw somebody in writing workshop and... <laughs> And I think they came in and they were like panic, like yeah, that's what I I was doing, I I, yeah. I don't know what right. to do, I you know what right. if I go and I don't see right. the hawk, yeah, um and and then you know I sort of was like well maybe you're not, what if you don't see the hawk, what, if, what do you think you're yeah. supposed to write about, right. and right, I mean it like that's what, sort of what the genius of that assignment was because I think it was designed for somebody used to having the right answer, right, right, right? Exactly. right. and there is no right, right answer. In fact, the right answer I think is the wrong answer, right. right? right. Right. which is like, wow. But and I then, think, yeah.
2: yeah. But I think assignments like that, and I'm sure this had it, right, but would need context, right? Like For sure. Here's, how we're, here's why we're doing this. Or right. Like, here's, here's the skill. Here's right. what yeah. we've been working yeah. on. Yeah. Right? Here's what we've been working on. Yeah. Which, right. I, and not to the point where it totally gives it away, you know, but I think, having some framework within which to fit it like oh, okay this is this is about yeah. becoming more attentive uh, this, is know, this, this is about evidence around you this is about evidence gathering anecdotal and speci- yeah. specificity and whatever else yeah, yeah right yeah. i or can even, never give that kind of prompt oh <laughs> <God. Yeah. laughs> I, I haven't tried that one but yeah. yes, that's bold <laughs> or <laughs> even bold. that it's
0: about i mean even being explicit about this is this prompt is meant to freak you out a little right. bit. Or yeah. this prompt is meant yeah. to help you have a certain kind of mm-hmm. struggle that's right. going to be really productive for you as right. a writer. Right, to try and figure yeah. out where you're going with yeah. it and stuff like that, even being explicit that about be that kind useful of a thing. Because I think students, yeah. when
2: they find sometimes that they struggle with a certain kind of writing, they tend to think, even at upper levels, that it's just them. Well, and you know, that it's you know? wrong. And that, that the struggle that is a sign of right, wrongness. Right, that they just they aren't getting it right because <laughs> right. they didn't just write it. Right, like, right. With, right, You know, with no problem. I continue yeah.
0: to be amazed at how, how attached, how much students seem to believe That if they're not getting it right the first time, that they're a bad writer or that they, you know, and so, yeah. I feel like with all these things, just all these different struggles, that's where the community comes in again. That's why it's so important to build that community early on so that they feel like it's a safe place to have those experiences.
1: So, another big first that we were interested in was that initial transition
0: away from break and into the work of teaching. Yes, exactly. And for so many writing teachers, this could mean a transition away from uninterrupted time to work on our own writing or our own creative work. But the two are never really completely separate, either. We were curious to know what the overlap looked and felt like for Tricia. So Trisha, I wonder if you would tell us a, a little bit more about how some of your creative work, your writing or your right. music, intersects with or overlaps with your teaching.
2: Yeah, um, I think it's in. You know, I can't always sort of predict, like, you know how it will. Right. I think a lot of us, you know, just find these sort of surprising connections. I think one of the clearest ways for me that I've been noticing more and more and more, especially especially in teaching um, the three twenty five, the upper level class, which is personal essays and creative nonfiction but I think in all classes is that I hear myself telling students things um it sounds like pretty sound advice and I'm like Trisha take that advice right, yeah. right? <laughs> um so I'm like you know and I, so I'm like you know they'll be working on you know a personal essay and I'll say you know what these often when you're writing about your own life, they start out really messy, right? It's, it's hard to order your life. You don't even know what you, you want to commit to in terms of your material until you've got it on the page, right? So one thing I often tell students if they're feeling stuck on their first draft is just this is the excavation draft. Um, you know, you're excavating your material um just get it all out on the surface right your next draft is when you're going to start to actually pick the material that you want and start to build it and if you do subsequent drafts of that you're really going to start to shape it all you uh, need to do now is excavate you don't right. need to do anything else you know just try to get it coherently on the page so the people can give you feedback what great that's advice oh, that's it's, great i so yes, it is um but i but i because i find myself you know i can i can speak you know about you know with with reassurance about their work and you know <laughs> and then i find myself doing my own personal essays and anything else i'm like oh god this is so messy what am i going to do you know and I, and i try to think oh yeah i'm excavating right that's right. what i'm supposed to be <laughs> Take doing your own advice. yeah and so mm-hmm. i think i noticed that and i think simply being reminded um, in watching them in workshop how much a draft can change right because right. i think that especially you know us when we are balancing writing and teaching which sometimes overlap but are also pursuits that require a lot of intense focused energy um, it can be it can be a little isolating sometimes with writing you know doing your own writing and so i try to remind myself yeah having other people's eyes on this is really good you know there there are ways that what's you know what's on the page now can transform Um, and i see it every term with students you know who start out with something that's potentially a good idea but I'm not sure what it's going to be. And by the end, it's just something fantastic. Right. Um, and and I think, yeah, and I just think being reminded uh, that it's a multi-stage process and being reminded that, you know, there are these different avenues you're going to go down um, is really, is is useful for me to, to remember myself, sure, <laughs> just, yeah. you know, to tell myself. Yeah. yeah.
0: Do you ever share your own writing with your students, either in progress or published?
2: I don't, because I occasionally will talk about an experience that I've had writing something or I'll be like this story that I wrote. I actually wrote like, you know, it turned out to be this number of pages, but I wrote six times as many pages to get there. Like I sort of of tell them about that. I don't like to bring in my own work um, only because, and this is is my own temperament and my own approach, but I feel like, for that, you're kind of putting your students in a tricky position. If right. it's if I'm not writing like a you know a science textbook or an economics textbook or you know like okay I'll you know bring that in, but if it's if it's my own short stories, if it's my own personal essays, and then I'm like, hey, look at me, <laughs> look at you know, right? They're kind of in a position where they they sort of have to comment on it. What I'll do occasionally is I'll bring um, excerpts like for one twenty four, one twenty five, like the the first year, I'll bring in excerpts of like you know, for more academic stuff, here's how I set up a quote, here's how right. I analyzed yeah. it. I didn't and I'll say I didn't invent this, right? Yeah. I've just right. been doing this for a really long time. Yeah. Or with my students in the creative nonfiction, I'll talk about, yeah, I had to, I just sort of wanted to write about this person that I knew and I had no idea why. Um and it wasn't until I got to this point or I'll tell them mm-hmm. how I like tried to, eventually tried to order the essay in terms of like what's the most emotionally resonant material. Mm-hmm. But I'll talk about it in terms of Here's the experience I can speak from most right. directly, um, but I don't actually show them the work. Right. And it's not yeah. that I hide it; I just simply don't bring it into the you know material of the class because I think they're reading a bunch of you know other published essays, yeah. um, you know. And I think that's the contribution I can make as far as their you know their craft right is just talking about what I've gone through. Right, um, right. And if they're curious, they'll ask me, and right. I'll direct them. But, mm-hmm. you know, right, right, but yeah. yeah. That's right. But I
0: think that really speaks to what you were saying earlier too about your awareness of your role as an authority mm-hmm. in the classroom, because in a sense, you know, if you are saying, "Hey, look at my writing," yeah. and comment on it, they can't yeah. avoid. It's it's just it's not. It fair. puts them in an awkward right? position. Yeah, yeah. And I, even, I, yeah. Even if you know, even if you're so friendly and right. so approachable, and you really feel like you have right. good trust with them. So yeah. yeah, I feel like this is the
1: thing. It, I, I'm not a creative writer, but it's a thing that comes up with me in class around the. Um, eddie izzard bit of my PC persona <laughs> where like i'll see in my head like an obviously awesome running gag you know i'm like uh-huh. i see this clearly <laughs> but it's my class right. and i can't right. like this is not the place for it i right. you know like so right. stay on point right. you are not here yeah. for this awesome running yeah. gag which is getting away from you and i feel <laughs> like it is I mean, it is a, you know, it's not anywhere near what you guys are talking about, but it is a a, a moment when you can choose to sort of indulge. Right. um, Right. And making the choice not to indulge costs you something and earns your students something else. Yes. You know?
0: That's a really nice way of putting it. Yeah. 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 But in a way, I mean, what you're saying about sort of the perception of the running gag, you said, well, it's not quite the same as creative writing, but it does remind me of something I was thinking about when you said excavation draft. I was thinking about, that's one way I think that we are, we're all creative with language in some way, right? And that's one way I think it comes into our classroom in really productive ways is that I think about all those little terms Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. we invent, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I find lately, especially I've been thinking about this, that that really sticks with students (laughs) in this way. I mean, it's not that you're inventing the concept. but yeah, certainly not. Right, but there's something about the – the special little terms that mm-hmm. become like a language mm-hmm. in the classroom. It's that I also think community is. building. Right, exactly, yeah, because yeah, it's uh-huh. like you've got you've got your own little language right. to yeah. talk about right. those things, and yeah, yeah
2: it's yeah. true. And I, and you know, and it's I, you know, we're not always conscious of those things, right, but right. I think you know, part of it's what we tell ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and how how that's helped us, and mm-hmm. you know, how do we translate? that to, mm-hmm. to people so I think I think you're right mm-hmm. I think you know I think if you can have terms that are sort of reassuring and that that we're talking about parameters in different ways right mm-hmm. that places you know parameters on things mm-hmm. like here's all you need to do right. for this draft mm-hmm. right here's what you want to think about now and I think just breaking down the process I think that can stay with students I yeah. think you're right yeah, yeah. that yeah. is right
1: yeah okay so we talked earlier about um the way we start a semester uh wanting to get off on the right foot right. with enthusiasm and with the right amount of rigor but when we're transitioning from ending fall term to the beginning of the new semester, we've seen the end of a term, right? right? We've seen the sort of hard end of a turn and the waning of enthusiasm yeah. and the, and maybe the not the waning of, and the <laughs> yes, weather, and yeah. cold. Right. And I, I guess I'm just wondering uh, what we can learn from the end of a
2: semester to carry forward into the new mm-hmm. semester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes it can be kind of more open-ended things and sometimes it's specific and I don't know if other people do this one thing I've found useful to do is I make myself like a little document at the end of every semester that's like notes for the next round right um and (laughs) it's like okay and it's even it can be very specific like oh boy this reading didn't work um or I need to approach this differently or maybe um you know here are some really interesting exercises or activities that can take the place of this um, just, or just, in, you know, sort of general reminders on how to approach certain material. I think, you know, I try to do that very close to the end of, wh- you know, whatever semester I'm wrapping up, just because, while well, that's sort of fresh in my mind. Yeah. Um, and, it ten- and it tends to help, and it tends actually, when I'm then going in and doing the um, planning for the, for the new semester it feels a little more reassuring like i don't yeah. have like a blank space in front of me you're not starting yeah. from nothing yeah. yeah, and i'm like oh yeah that's right i think right. i can and i think that helps you know it's interesting to look at them over different terms right. um, and see like what i adapted and you know how much i did it at first and if it waned or if it grew at different times yeah, so, yeah.
1: i do a, a version of that but uh, because i'm impatient and sort of a hothead i do it as the semester is progressing mm-hmm. and and i I write whatever the note is on a post it note invariably in imperative uh mood. And and so then like by the when I look at an old syllabus, it's all these notes that are like, do not whatever. Yeah. Or, Definitely whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's very mm-hmm. Um, it is actually reassuring, yeah. because I feel like if I didn't have that sort of, like, over-the-top reaction on my Post-it right. note, I would yeah. be like, oh, no, yeah. this is probably fine. Yeah. Because... yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah. you forget. Yeah, you You forget, you forget do. how it feels in the moment. Like, yeah. whatever you
2: do, do yeah. not teach this reading again. Right. Or, right. they
1: loved this yeah. and do more of this. And right. Yeah. right. Yeah. So I feel like maybe we should close with each of us having a teaching New Year's resolution. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mine... Okay, the, the crude version of it is to be meaner.
1: Mm. <laughs> but I don't mm-hmm. actually mean
0: that I want to be mean to my students. I think what I actually mean is I want to toe the line a little more mm-hmm. with the things that I really believe in mm-hmm. are really going to help them improve mm-hmm. and, and hold them to it.
1: I think in the new year, I'm going to try to give students more Room in class discussion. Mm-hmm. I I feel like mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty confident in the ways that I run class discussion, but I often am concerned about time and hasten students towards mm-hmm. a. Mm-hmm conclusion right. that they right. would get if i just gave them a little bit more. Right. So i want to be less anxious about the clock and yeah. let let discussion sort of develop a little just a little bit more. I don't right. want to sort of throw out concern about the structure of class mm-hmm. or you know mm-hmm. that we have things to get through mm-hmm. in a uh, class session, but just give them a little
2: a little more opportunity to let things develop. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good one. And i think it's interesting that you say that. I think mine is sort of similar in that um, over the last several terms actually I've been trying to kind of build in more room um, you know for students to really sort of take ownership mm-hmm. of the class and I think for me it's striking that balance and you know in, in a sense it sort of combines <laughs> the two of yours and, and that um, I want to make sure to give enough room for that but also see if I can continue to balance it with you know just really making sure that we get these concepts down I think some days uh, I can strike that balance and some days I feel like it tilts one way or the other. Um, and so I think really finding a way to get students involved and also get them feeling like I'm giving them something substantive and they're part of that process of generating something substantive. Yeah, right? That is the ideal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that is the ideal. Right? Yeah, yeah. You want to uh, give them something, right, but make right. them
0: feel like they're not just right. passive receptacles. Yeah. And right. so I'm always
2: trying to think of more activities or more ways to kind of approach the material. That will allow you know for, yeah. for that kind of balance and where do I where do I emphasize kind of one goal and where do I you know kind of step in more you know right. myself and activities
0: stuff. Yeah. that do that I think they're right. like the sweet spot yeah, I, they, yeah. Really yeah. they take they time they really do they really do and yeah. I don't have very many right. but I'm, that's what I'm always looking for in yeah. The yeah development of plans and things like that I think
2: that's why it's great actually to talk to other instructors yes absolutely you know, people have these things like you know someone did a murder mystery activity for some kind of style idea which wow. I thought was oh, like wow. and she, I remember her telling me about this she said it worked beautifully and I was like that is cool that's you know, awesome and I, yeah, yeah. yeah stuff. and I'm not saying we all have to go to those lengths you well, know no but it is but kind of but virtuosic awesome. you have to admire yeah. that you actually, I totally yeah. admire that yeah. that's great and Yeah, I, that
0: reminds me of a more concrete resolution mm-hmm. okay. and that, mm-hmm. and that <laughs> I was actually thinking about this earlier is that yeah. I want to have one really great Virtuosic uh, yeah. activity for yeah. each paper mm-hmm. for each. Idea. I mean, I can't. Yeah. I think it's too much to say every day right. is going to be a beautiful, dazzling yeah. show. But one, right. one that I feel really good about yeah. for yeah. each. I think that's for a each great paper. idea. Yeah. 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 Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I think that'll cool. be good.
2: I'll steal that one too. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Right. 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 Yeah. No, I like you guys too. I think the break can be a good time sometimes, or even early in the semester, to mm-hmm. sort of still step back and, and assess. I mean, when you're in the thick of it, mm-hmm. um, as it's going, it's much harder, right? You're just trying to sort of get everybody, you know, on mm-hmm. on the right path. But survive, yeah, the, survive week. the week. <laughs> survive the week. Survive the snow. That's right. Yeah. Um, but I think I think yeah, taking these opportunities I think is is really really crucial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Tricia, for coming. Thank you so much. much. I really, really enjoyed this. Such a pleasure to talk to you.
0: Such a treat.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Have a wonderful break.
1: Ah, You all as well. (laughs) That's it for this episode. Thanks to Tricia for sharing her teaching wisdom with us, to Phil Cameron for his audio expertise and advice,
0: to the Language Resource Center for loaning us their recording studio, to the CRLT Lecturers Professional Development Fund, and to you for listening. Look for a new episode next month.